All right, how's everybody doing? Welcome back to You Don't Know Ball, episode 53. And I would say, you know, every single week, I feel like I've seen the craziest thing. And it's like, you know, I'm like, yeah, no, that was the peak. And we're going to get back to like the normal ebb and flow of how things were. No, I'd say in a sense, bro, we're almost in kind of an era change, it feels like, in the league. Obviously, the Chiefs are still dominant. You know, and with you know, teams who were dominant last year are still dominant too. But yeah. it, you know you get what I'm saying? There's these new teams that are emerging, teams that we thought in a sense were, you know, for sure down and out all the way this year. They had no chance of being competitive. And they're competitive. It's a weird, it's a weird thing going on in the league, but I love it. Yeah. I mean, a team I think you can really point to is Houston. I mean, I think when they traded their pick, everyone was like, Oh, Arizona and uh Chicago are gonna own the four picks in the top five. It's really not looking like that for Houston. Uh, I mean, like Arizona owns their pick, but but the way they've been playing, I mean, like, and these are like, yeah, you can say what you want about the Jaguars, but they showed out, I think, this week. They beat the Steelers. Like, the Steelers are like one of those teams where you watch them and you're like, this is, this is an organization you want to model your organization after. Well, yeah, and so mine is the fact that, yeah, and obviously we know the Steelers are going through heavy struggles this year. You know, the Steelers looking like, I don't want to say a shadow of their former self, because you know, we know the Steelers are so much a tendency to, no matter how grim it looks, they find a way to come back to 500 at least to end the year. Yeah. So I'm not even counting them all the way out yet. But right now, Steelers fans know it's looking tough. But yeah, no, I mean, back to the Texans, we got to give credit to. I mean, they're playing great right now. I thought what, when we did the schedule prediction, I think I had them going with like three wins on the year. Who, I mean, who? I think Texans? I had the Texans with like three or four. Oh, okay, yeah. I'm like, clearly I was very wrong on that. You know, clearly I, I at this point, I don't, again, I don't even know. I can't give an updated record prediction or anything. I don't even know where it's going to stand because the team is a completely different identity from what I pictured in every single way. I think when I pictured the Texans coming into the year, it was going to be like, you know, they'll lean on CJ in certain situations, but the team's going to be very run heavy. Yeah. And like, you know, the receivers are going to be young budding stars, but like nobody's going to be able to really make a huge impact this year. Nico and, Collins. Yeah, Nico Collins Tank is Dell. a full-blown star right now. Uh, CJ Stroud came out again, gunslinging. I mean, he's throwing the ball like 30 times a game, 300-yard games multiple times already in his career. And we said last week, could he break the rookie passing record? I mean, A, he certainly is on pace. Um, and if he keeps doing this, yeah, he's going to keep being on pace, and it might be CJ's by the end of the season, especially with that extra game. But then also with the defense, I mean, the defensive identity is so much different than what I had pictured, too. I, I You know, I pictured yeah. kind of like, the, you know, Staying in games like barely, like, you know, allowing a lot of points. And if they were going to win games, the offense was going to have to like shoot it out. And like, no, honestly, the defense, if anything, right now is kind of like the identity. That's why I keep saying I go back and forth, said the same thing last week. It's like, I want to say their identity of the team. But then I remember it's like because D'Amico Ryan's and that's the whole thing. It's like, you know, they're hard hitting. There's that identity changed a lot. This defense is very like they fly around. They're hard hitting. They flow. So I want to say their identity. But then again, you have this offense that's just budding and you love to see it. I mean, yeah. the Texans are really this absolute surprise of the year. I think we, you know, we're on the same wavelength about that one. But there are more teams than just the Texans. But the Texans have got to be number one in terms of like just yeah, surprises yeah. this year. No, and also I think once they get their own line healthy, I think Damian Pierce will become more of a factor too and they can get that running game going. That's what makes it so impressive too. The O-line is nowhere near where I thought it would need to be for CJ to be playing like this. This is how I thought I'd be seeing him play in like three, four years when things were figured out if it was best case scenario. Yeah. I mean, this is just uh, not unprecedented, but for what I expected, it is just amazing. Yeah, very, very uh, surprising. You want to go into our first game Thursday night? Let's get it. So... The first question, I'm sorry, I'm getting used to the fact that I have the, I actually have the he questions has this the week. Questions this the, week. the script has changed a little bit. It's in my hands. I, you know, I, I was delayed there because I'm like, hold on a minute. All right. So yeah, to our Thursday night, Lions Packers, 
question I, I had for this game is just look, are the Lions officially locked to take the NFC North this year? I think it I think it is. I mean, like with the way that they went into Lambeau and kind of laid it all out there. Obviously, there's a couple scary moments in the second half and everything. They didn't come out as energized, but the thing that you see about the Lions, I feel like is once they realize, okay, we need to close this game, they close the game. And I think with the way the Vikings are playing, I don't know if that defense gets fixed this year. The Bears are on their way to 0-17. The Packers are really, in my opinion, the only team that has like a chance to even compete. But if you watch both those teams, and I'm not saying that like the Lions are like far beyond in terms of like talent of the Packers. I think they have a better roster. But basically my point is, they have been playing with this team that they have for the last two, three years. Like the chemistry they're going to have compared to what green Bay has, especially on offense is just going to be night and day. So I don't really think there's another team in the North that's going to compete with Detroit, especially with the way that their defense has been playing. Like we knew what their offense was going to do. Their defense has been very impressive. It's not, not only is it very, I mean, it's very impressive, 100%. It's just also, and like you're saying, I mean, it's just so surprising. I thought, and you know, we thought they were going to be a better defense than last year, but everything that had to go perfectly for the defense so far, I mean, basically has. I mean, like we, you know, Brian Branch popped in, like we were saying, uh, super underrated, you know, fell, fell a little too far in the draft. Yeah. Popped in, playing amazing. Not where I thought he was even going to be playing on the defense either, but playing amazing in that slot role. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson, humongous jump. I mean, he's one of the better, if not, best pass rusher so far in the league this year yeah. I mean, he's balling out Aline McNeil all the young guys in the D-line it's just the D-line is just full of young studs and the cornerback group really came together with the free agency acquisitions and all that stuff this year you know the Lions really are they are you know we said more in terms of a hype and we were excited for them like they were potentially going to be some of the NFC favorites yeah well now it's like now they really are in line where when we're watching the teams play in the NFC you're like they are definitely one of the best teams in the NFC and there's no doubt about it are they in the same category as the absolute upper echelon ones yet? It feels weird. I should be able to say they are considering what they did week one. And I think, but that's, that's what I'm keep going back to. I think week one kind of felt like a fluke at first. And now I think we're kind of seeing that like, no, maybe that is it's the team not. that the lions are. And if that really is, and they keep playing like this all year long, I mean, there's no doubt. And as I'm saying, I'm ready to like it right now. The lions are definitely one of the best teams in the NFC. So that's why for me, the question is absolutely. And like you're saying about the Packers too, like, yeah, like, you know, they're going to be competing, all that stuff. I mean, the Lions realistically, could realistically be 4-0. That, that's exactly. And it's like, and I think, too, it's just, yeah, the, the Lions do have more talent. They have a better defense, and they, they also do have better offense. They're just better yeah. all around. I mean. Let me ask you a question. What do you think, and it you don't have to be correct. I'm just, you know, this was interesting to me. What do you think the Lions are graded via PFF on offense out of 32 teams? Eleven. Okay. What do you think they're graded on defense out of thirty-two teams? Seven. They are third on offense and tenth on defense. Okay. So, so this team is like up upper echelon right now. That's how they're playing. So you know how I, I picture what the I picture is gonna be a trick on offense where it's gonna be like that they still could be playing so much better. Yeah. But that's my thing too. Is I do think that look random side note I had, but this is to the point also. You know, it's kind of tricky though because the run games are so good right now. David Montgomery, right? Oh, is he on pace Lord. to break? You know how last year Jamal Williams set the single season rushing record for the Lions? 
Did Barry Sanders, he broke the record? Yeah. I mean, is uh, Monty on pace to like break the record? He already has five touchdowns. I mean, that's what's crazy. It's like the Lions running game, running game coordinator is making himself some money. Uh, the old line coach make himself some money. I mean, this group, they are, they are, they are smash mouth football. And my big thing, and if you know, you've been listening for a while and I'll stand out forever is when it comes to championship time. Yeah. You need the QB, but you also need the O line and the running back that can do that. to just absolutely demolish teams and take their will away. Yeah. The lions are in that category of teams that can do that, that I would say some of the better teams in the league don't necessarily have that component. The lions for sure have that component. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about the Packers a little bit? Yeah, let's move over to the Packers. Yeah, so, you know, I think this was like a very honest game that we got to see Jordan Love in. He wasn't protected by like a top 3-0 line. And it showed. Like, this was the first time like Jordan Love was like really under pressure in his career. And this is not a shot at Jordan Love, but this is kind of like, this is the reality of a lot more of typically what NFL quarterbacks have to deal with. And like, obviously there's a little hate in my heart here because I just, I Packers fans have a really good organization. So it's like when they haven't seen like battle line play and what it can do to a team and they have this like young quarterback and they're like, he's our guy. This is the third hall of famer in a row. It's like when that line starts to crumble a little bit, you start to see that everything's not so easy. And also another thing with the Packers this year is they have started slow in almost every single game besides the bears game. And we know how bad the bears are. So it's like, that's like either a coaching thing or something in the locker room. They got to figure out not a bad team overall, but just some things that they definitely do need to work on if they want to improve and be a playoff team in the NFC. No, absolutely. I think what stands out to me right now too, that I think every Packers fan would agree on even people in our Packers fans, when you're watching the games, they have got to figure out a way to get the running game just going right without I mean, Aaron Jones. Yeah. Without Aaron Jones, because it's like, and even with Aaron Jones now, because again, when you come back from the injury, you never know how things are going to look. They just need to find the way to get things going more consistently. And yeah. And you know, back to the defense here, the defense is also just not playing up standard. I mean, you know, if you ask, I, I think if you ask any Packers right now, it goes back to Joe Barry. That's kind of their, you know, yeah, Joe yeah. Barry's going to make any QB look like a hall of famer. It's like they're running joke over there. If I, uh, if I understand correctly, but yeah, I mean, all in all, the Packers are very much in that same realm as a big majority. It's a weird, it's a weird, that's what I'm saying, leaving weird right now. Big majority of teams were, they're, they're a threat to make the playoffs because of how weird everything is right now. But it feels like, yeah, they're still missing a lot of pieces. And also I wanted to say, with David Bakhtiari, you saw the today with the, there's a setback now, his injury, and I uh, LaFleur well, said, I knew quote, he was unquote, placed on IR. Yeah, LaFleur said, quote unquote, he's going to let him figure out what he wants to do. I honestly so, think like, take he's that already as, played his last game as a Packer. I think he played his last game versus the Bears. If anything, well, I'm saying like it sounds like he might be thinking about just the future as a whole, which is definitely concerning. Yeah, that's that is concerning to hear if you're a Packers fan. Yeah, um, and Elton Jenkins isn't like older, but I mean he has, I mean at least this year been kind of on and off with injuries. So no, oh, yeah. That, that's what I'm saying. Like the Packers, I think going into the year was very much like, okay, we're going to really figure out like where they're at for the first few games. Because again, like you said, Jordan Love is either going to step in and, and the O-line is going to stay healthy and things were either going to be like, oh, you know, but either way we knew the Packers are going to be missing things. Like it's very hard to compete with such a young receiving core. Yeah. It's very hard to compete with like the offense as a whole is just incredibly young. I mean, the, the team needs some building. I do think as a whole though, if you're a Packers fan, it's something to hang your head on. I mean, I think the things are still going. Yeah. You're, you're tilting towards like, you're either going the wrong way or the right way. 
I'd say the Packers are definitely leaning like right way. I agree. I agree. All right. You want to move into the London game? Yes. Let's move over to the London game. Falcons, Jags. You know, here's the main question I had for you, bro. Do the Falcons need to replace Ritter immediately to salvage the season? Yeah, it's not going to work. It's like, like we said, like last week, when you cripple that rushing offense, there's no passing game. Like you don't have to worry about the pass game. So if these defenses just sell out to stop the run, like put, just put Heineke in, like at least he'll make it interesting. Like, and also some, I was listening to, uh, yeah, I was listening to PFF today and they're talking about like, even if you just got Ryan Tannehill down there, like just get somebody who can run the offense and not, to the point where it's like if they shut down the run, like your offense is dead. Like Jacksonville, I think dominated this game. Like I think it was pretty obvious. And I'm starting to question a little bit of Atlanta. Like if they can't run the ball, like is this much of a competitive team? That's but th- and again, this went back to my thing. I was saying, you know, I was big on my rant a, what, like two weeks ago, where the Falcons are they're they're in that same realm as the the Bears have been the the. Jets were maybe out of you, go, I'm just, you but yeah. like joke aside, where everything else is there, but it's like it's so frustrating when it's like that QB is just absolutely not, and it's not where they're again. It, like you said, if they were, if he was even a serviceable mid level option, it'd be fine right now. Yeah, he's not. He's a he's at a. I'm, I will never call him trash or anything like that, or even a scrub, nothing like that. But yeah. in terms of talent in the league right now, he's in in the bottom tier of like guys that are starters. Well, so it's like. Being realistic for a second, bro. You're taking a team that really should be competing, and it's like you're. you're yeah, you said it is crippling them. This it's no, crippling, crippling is this the team. best way to describe it. And I'll let you keep going. I just want to point this out to you. Like when Janu Smith is your leading receiver, when you have Drake London and Kyle Pitts on your team, that that is a quarter. Whether it's a scheme thing or like a quarterback thing, like. There's no reason like Drake London and Kyle Pitts should be getting less receptions than Johnny Smith. And yeah, Drake London had seven targets compared to, but how many of those were like catchable targets? No. And this, that was the first thing I had on, on my notes besides the diff- fact we had to discuss Ritter was look, bro, Johnny, and this is not even the this week thing. Johnny Smith, like consistently is like the teams that go to guy. It, and again, like literally, I'm just going to say exactly what you said, whether it's, whether it's a scheme thing or it's a pr- preference thing, Makes no sense. Absolutely makes no sense. They have so many playmakers that just don't see the ball. Yeah. Um, this is it, it, that's it's the most frustrating situation to be in as a fan. And like because also, you know you're just one player away. It's it's so much le- less frustrating when you have a good QB and everything else sucks because you're like, well, well, this is years away from where we need to be. But it's like, no, you're a player basically away from having what you need, but you just can't get it like that because it's the hardest player to get. Yeah, no, it and it's also like you're also really hurting Bijan. Like this is your first round pick. And it's like, if you can't throw the ball and they're killing the run game, you're hurting him. Well, let's be realistic too, bro. Again, the lions is my example. If you're going to take a running back that early, you at least are expecting to compete for a super bowl. The lions are competing for a super bowl. They're not like, uh, we drafted Jameer and they're not even using him really, but you get my point. And there's yeah. a lot of reasons for it. And besides, but the, you get my point. And they have, they have a plan for him. I'm sure it's not like they're just throwing to the wind, but you have to be ready to compete for the Lombardi trophy. The, when the Falcons took him, they basically did say, right to correct me if I'm wrong. Are they not, they're not, you're basically saying I'm trying to compete for Lombardi in the next two or three years, because like we know that's a running back shelf life at their peak. So it's like, well, in, at least that I'll say four or five being generous. We're trying yeah. to compete for Lombardi in the next four or five. 
well, you know, you should have the QB figured out before you do make a move like that. And again, it's like, that's where now if, if they, if they can't get it figured out with the running back and the fact they took Bijan, well, it's going to be a big thing over the next few years. I mean, for sure, what people are going to say, what was that decision? But yeah. again, we're going to, we won't go there now because Bijan, we know, is a, I know what it is. He's a future legend if he stays healthy. So it's like, you can't question the pick of the tail. I'm not saying that, but what I'm saying is you can certainly at a point start to question the Falcons direction if they don't figure it out very soon with who his Raiders replacement is going to be. You know who's in their front office? Ryan Pace. Jacksonville, not much to say. I think they looked a lot more fluent on offense. They weren't forcing the ball to Calvin Ridley. And uh, yeah, they played a good game. I This was really more about the Falcons like kind of being disappointments at this point. And I, I want to give a shout out to real quick on the Jags. Um, First of all, Josh Allen has had two three sack games this year. So you know, he's, not getting, he's, you know, he's not really getting a lot of talk. But Josh Allen's six sacks very quietly in the year. And I guess the thing, too, is he'll have three sacks and then he goes yeah, quiet. two tackles for loss. Yeah, he's, he's, no, he's quietly bought out three this year. Three QB hits. It is yeah. inconsistent. You want to start to see it if you're a Jags fan, probably where he's getting at least a sack, a couple tackles for loss a game. But hey, he's volatilely one of the best pass rushers in the league. There's no doubt about that. It's just crazy because like you look at like Atlanta and you know Tampa Bay's leading the division. And it's just like... Atlanta, like this was this was your division to lose. Like you're letting Baker Mayfield beat you out. You're telling me you couldn't have gotten a better vet to play for you besides Desmond Ritter. I mean, like like I said, I, I like Heineke, but he's not the long term decision. So I, I don't know. But yeah, I'm excited for the next uh, London game. It's gonna be Jacks at Buffalo. That is gonna be tons of fun. All right, Miami at Buffalo. All right, let's move on. So my question I had for, uh, you know, this game was, was the Finns offense maybe a tad overrated or was this just a bad week? You know, are they just going to bounce back from this week? Nothing crazy. I think it really has to do with the fact of the, uh, the Broncos might be one of the worst defenses I have ever seen. Um, how Vance Joseph still has a job is beyond me after ending up a 70 burger. And then, I mean, Let's be real. You let the Bears put up 28 points. Not not to say that the Bears offense is like barren of talent, like they have some playmakers, but you knew what they were going to do. And I think also like not that this game was really a concern for me, but I had made the comment earlier this year that like once the script stuff kind of ran out, I felt Miami's offense last year kind of lost some gas. And I feel like once they kind of hit that wall with the Bills, not saying just script, but I feel like Miami needs to figure out once they hit a wall, how do you get over it? Because like, if you want to go far, like these are the quality of teams that you're going to be playing to have like such a high volume offense. Like you do like how, just like how fast you are and only put up 20. You you have to be putting up 35. Even if you lose, you have to put up at least two, three more touchdowns. Like there's no there's no excuse for it. No, well, I think my thing when you look at this game from a start for for starters, right? I mean, like the run game, it just was not it. I mean, so it was right. it was a very tough day where again, and and you know, they they abandoned Raheem relatively early, and then you know, Devin was getting all the good touches, and it was just a weird game where the seven carries for nine yards from Raheem and then the eight carries for 101 yards from Devin. But look, the bottom line is, and like to your point, I mean, 
the Bills came in and just dominated them. Yeah. And I and they and the way they played against them, you know, they they said, look, all this other shit that everyone else is doing, fuck that. It's not working. We're gonna get down here. I'm gonna have my DBs jam everybody. We're gonna delay the we're gonna get everybody off timing because two in their head, it's like, hold on a minute. Tua is very rhythm rhythm based. Like two is gonna need to, is very uh, I can't even see, not can't see, but struggling to see a lot of what's going on because how he's it's just the way he is with his height and all that. It's like he's too he's rhythm based, you know. He it's very like on time, and it's like he's knows where to be on time. If you disrupt that, that's the main thing to start effing with the Dolphins in, in a nutshell. And they proved it. It's like if you can get the timing of this offense off, that's the best way to affect it. And I think this is definitely going to be something that teams are going to start doing week in and week out. Now, to your point of what the Dolphins are going to have to start doing that they failed on last year, and yes, did it have to do with the fact that Tua was injured and all that? Yeah, More yeah. than anything, absolutely. But once the things get hot, they have to figure out a way to keep it going where they keep running things that are a little bit nuanced, new, you know, add new things, new wrinkles. Because right now, if teams can just start jamming you and getting everything off timing and it messes up your whole offense, there's got to be, you have to, there's got to be a new element to make sure that that's not able to just be the number one way to destroy you now. Yeah. I mean, Tyreek Hill, three catches. Uh, I feel like that just can never happen again. But like I said, like, if you look at like all the teams, like you can, you know, the last couple of weeks, the Cowboys best team in football and with the way they beat the Patriots, maybe best team in football. But I feel like the Cowboys Buffalo game would be like a super, super good game. And Buffalo, with the way they're playing, definitely have to be the Super Bowl favorites from the AFC. You'll never count the Chiefs out because the Chiefs are the Chiefs. But like I said, the Bills just let's see if they can keep this up the second half of the year, because if they can do that, then they are easily like the Super Bowl locks for the AFC. No, Diggs, I mean the way that Diggs is incredible. The way that this defense is playing to I me, mean, you know, I'm going to keep harping on it, but this defense is incredibly underrated right now. I know losing Trey you know, White though. That's that, that's the thing, losing him, but I think regardless, I think they're going to be able to hold their own. I think they're still going to it's just it's scheme, it's scheme over team, but they have still have a great team. It's the perfect combination, you know? Okay. Denver at Chicago. All right, bro, for this one, the question that I have actually does not revolve around the Bears. The question I wanted to ask is, look, the Broncos situation yeah. It goes where from here, right? I mean, this is arguably, I mean, it's not, uh, no, I will not say that. It is a dumpster fire that slightly rivals that of Chicago. Well, but it's like with the Broncos, there was much more hope and optimism and, and seemingly a direction. But now, luckily, Denver has their first round pick this year. So they, worst comes to worst, if they're one of the worst teams in the league, it'll be high. But I understand what you're saying. Like, the offense isn't bad. Like they came back and beat the bears, but like how Vance Joseph has a job. If they're not winning, like by like week six, week seven, like it's already week four. Like we're, we're basically through like 25% of the season. So this either either isn't going to change or there's going to be like, a coaching change. I, I don't know what it is. You can't teach like a brand new scheme. So I don't, I like you're right in asking this question because there's truly, they truly are fucked and handicapped by how bad their defense is. Bro. And in like, okay, we'll go back to, you know, I always go back to like situations and this is my thing with, with the Broncos. We go, Oh, situations. Okay. All right. Russ is 34. Right. Right. 
And again, back to like my uh, my Kirk agenda. It's like you never know when a QB, like when the rail, like when the, the rails, rails are, are gonna, gonna fall like, off, the wheels yeah. are gonna get disconnected from the rails. I always say the rails are gonna fall off. I guess same concept though. Wheels being off of the rails is what I'm getting at. And it's like, yeah, that could be in like six years if he's one of those superhuman QBs. But it's like, are we banking on that? Are we banking that the Broncos are gonna be able to build everything around Russ the next few years, or are we gonna assume that Russ is? more likely like a lot of other humans that have played the NFL and he leans towards that build where he's going to be able to only go at his best for another two, three years tops. And then that that's where the, my main question comes from right now, bros. It's like the way this team's built, it very much hinged on belief that Russ was going to be the guy to like take them to the promised land. I mean, obviously that was definitely the point of the trade. Now we're leaning towards like, at least I'm leaning towards like, I don't think that by the time the Broncos are able to be Super Bowl competitive again, like it's like, is Russ still going to be at his peak? Is this team in line to, ha- you know, like it, the just, Broncos are truly in. They fucked up the timeline. That's what. So, like, looking at a lot of NFL teams with some of the decisions they make, is they always fuck up the timeline. Like. The rust trade would have made sense, but I honestly feel like when they did the rust trade, they felt like they were only a couple players away. That's but the then they traded no, Bradley Chubb. And, and this is so, and to their defense, though, and I'll, again, I, like I say, I'm always an honest guy. I go back and write my wrongs if I was wrong about something. I don't know how, I, don't, I can't say, speak for you at the time, but I feel like you were probably leaning towards how I felt. Where when he, w- when he was getting traded there, I it was, was like, yeah, they are only a few players away. Like, yeah. if Russ goes there, then they are going to be a team that could go get 12, 13 wins. I would literally, I remember saying that. I, as quoted, I literally said that. But the truth is, as we've seen, well, obviously, the reality situation was much different than as we perceived as everybody as the owners perceived. And they were a lot of players away and a lot of things away that they, and the scheme was very, if anything, the scheme is very far away from where it needs to be. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. Um, they are in a really, really odd situation because of how off everybody assumes the timeline was from the reality of the situation. Last time they were a top 10 defense was 2020. So maybe they're, they, maybe they're a little bit farther away than everyone thought. Um, but kind of going into Chicago, there's really not much to cover here other than like they had a chance to end the now 14 game losing streak and possibly get the win by just kicking the field goal. Um, more coaching malpractice by Matt Eberflus. It's just like, bro. And then like, I'll just go over this quickly. We don't have to keep staying on this because the bears at this point are just a fucking circus. Like Matt Eberflus basically came out and said that like he gave Chase Claypool a choice, whether he wanted to be at the game or not. And he chose to stay home. And then a bears rep was like, no, we told him to stay home. So first off, if I'm a player, on the Bears, I'm like, okay, well, my coach just threw me under the bus. What will he do to me if I fuck up? And also, it's like, why can they just never be on the same page? Why is there always Bears PR coming out after trying to clarify what this coach is saying? Seems to me like he's either one lying or truly just has zero clue what's going on. And I just, my thing is, I don't know like I remember when Nagy lost the locker room at the end and I remember very 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 faintly how like Trestman started to lose it I have never seen a Bears locker room loss faster 
I was gonna this this is what I was saying. I'm laughing because it's funny at this point how wrong I was. Because I'm laughing at myself. It's fucking hilarious. Bro, coming into the year. I mean, someone's got someone's gotta go find the audio and put climb music behind me at this point. Cause I was saying, oh dude, you know, this is the most continuity that a Bears coach has made behind the roster. Like, you know, you can feel that from last year, you can feel how different things are now. Yeah. And like you bro, I have never been more wrong about someone, how they conduct their locker room than Matt Eberflus and his fucking flus juice. He's Bro. got me breaking the table because he's got me looking. This, you, someone can go make clown music of me because of how much I believed yeah. in this man and his fucking flus juice. I mean, I went to training camp. They had me, man. They had me, hook, line, and sinker. I'm not kidding you, bro, when I tell you that this is, and I mean, I'm not saying this is a joke. That's what makes it so crazy. And again, if you had asked me before the season, I had so much hype in this team. To, for the, the Bears to be the team I'm saying is about is mind-blowing to me right now. Even yeah. though it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be because they're the Bears. But it's like this team really is the worst unorganized team I've ever seen in my life. It's it's They it, are the the one. And, and you want to know the best part? Justin Fields had the, his best day of his career yesterday, and it's all washed over by the bullshit that has happened. And that's what's crazy. You know how many like how much good film we should be able to go back and like everyone could be like, yeah, and he, not even like victory lap day for Justin because like we were saying, it's like realistically we expect this to continue. It's the Broncos defense. It's like it's, I don't know. This probably is just one of those days that sometimes pros have where it's like, yeah, he had a day. You know, like that have a day. Like that's he. You're he had a first his day. round talent. You should be doing this right. in and year three. It's like, kind of like with Zach this week too. These are Jim and Justin. It's like the universe glitched this week and it was like it spit out both I of their thinking. best games. It yeah. was like, wait, wait, fuck, fuck. It got everybody excited. And it's like, I don't know if the simulation is ever going to have that. It's like, it's like something that you're probably not going to see very often. Yeah. We got to see it at both of them on the same day. They so still we'll need to it. go get Caleb Williams though oh, in this draft. Maybe knocking my mic package like a second round pick to Atlanta for Justin. That would be crazy. And I feel like that would be at this rate, maybe a little too high of a value for shooting over shit. I, no, no, no. Like, let's say he plays like mediocre like this, like 300 yard games, two touchdowns. Well, if he kept doing that, then that would be worth it. But that's what I'm saying. That, this, yeah. Do you think he had a little time to marinate? Yeah, yeah, just yeah. Let him, let him go back. To- let's see how bad Desmond Ritter sucks. <laughs> um. All right. Baltimore at Cleveland. All right, bro. Baltimore at Cleveland. Let me just find my question for... Who were we wrong? I was going to say. Okay, so... I guess so. They look the narrative shifted. Narrative shifted. I guess what I wanted to ask is: at this point, are the Ravens kind of shaping themselves out as like one of the clear AFC favorites? So here's my thing with the Ravens: I don't think they do anything like elite, but they're just like really, really good at like everything, and like, they have an incredibly well-rounded team. Now, here's my thing: they were playing DTR. In his first game, a fifth round rookie. Right. Let's his, let's be clear. Let's break that down in, for everybody. In, in his fifth, in his first NFL start, and it was kind of short notice. I was going like, to say, you, I got the notification. Deshaun wasn't playing. I was like, oh, yeah, I changed my lineup. But like, yeah. <laughs> you know, you can. I'm, let me be clear. We cannot. I'm not going to playing DTR for this game anyway. No, but no, keep going. But the Ravens are currently rated third overall for defense and sixth overall for offense. So up there with elite company. This team. I, I mean, imagine an AFC championship, Baltimore and Buffalo. Like, that would be cool to see. And I would like to we see Lamar it. in that. I need to see Lamar win some playoff games. Um, But yeah, no, I, in the AFC, I think it might be like Baltimore, Miami, Buffalo and the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, at this rate, well, bro, and like that's that was the main thing. Everything you were just saying is like what I wanted to say is like, look, for me, what's happening is like, yeah, like it's not that the Ravens do anything. I think. 
right now, I think what, if anything, what's getting elite is their sa- their secondary units looking like they're get they're a really good unit. Like that safety unit. Well, I wanted to shout out Kyle Hamilton and Geno Stone are playing fantastic right now. Was Kyle Hamilton out this game? I think no, he actually had his first interception. Oh, okay, okay. Actually, okay. His first, no, he actually had his first interception in this game. But regardless of minus the interception, he, he's been playing great all over. As yeah, as yeah, he's a he really has. Beast. He's just been all over, and it's like. But that's so like you were saying, the Ravens are just so they're just well-rounded. I mean, they, they the Ravens, you can't really pick a spot on the roster where you're like, they just are completely void right there. Roquan Smith, the best linebacker in football. It's, again, with Roquan, all it was is you take him out of the 4-3. We had him in, again. We, he, we, he, he came up in the 3-4 then he went to the 4-3 and he wasn't good in the 4-3. And now he's back in that three, you know, he's back in that three, four and he loves it. It wasn't like, an Eberflus fit. Yeah, it just wasn't. A, it literally, it just was not an Eberflus fit, but it is what it is. Roquan can certainly play in that mic role, though. And it's like the one thing I am concerned about with the Ravens, though, is uh, the receiving core, because it's kind of like we're back to last year with everyone hurt. Well, like that, it would say I, that's what I want. I want to stop myself where I was going to say, like, you can't point somewhere where they are a little weak, but you can. It, it that definitely is where you're going to have to point, because, again, when Mark Andrews isn't healthy, and if, even though it's not often, if let's say if, like as we've seen now, that is possible, and let's say that at the beginning of the year, if they or if the Ravens have to play like that, and they're even missing one starter, it's really thin unit, yeah. really thin unit. So, so go that ahead. was hilarious. No, I was, was going to say, say, so my thing is no, the Ravens at their weak, the weak point though, and if if they get stopped in the playoffs, it will be because this offense is just still relatively thin. Yeah, yeah, that would probably be it. I mean, moving over to the Browns. Yeah, I don't have really questions on their defense or anything else. You know, I, I don't really love their running game, but I mean, this has been their running game the last couple of years, and they, you know, ran as a team for 131. I mean, you can't really expect J.K. Dobbins to play. So, um, but with the Browns, man, those uh, waiver wire pickups for Jerome Ford, not looking great, man. I'll tell you, bro, I'm so thankful mine did not go through. You know how much I was going to drop? How much? How much were you, did you, did you I put 52. I did 50. out of 100. Did you get him? No, someone put like 80. Dude, I thought I was losing my mind with 50. I, I picture everyone's no, gonna be like, no. what are you thinking? I thought I was for sure gonna win, but everyone's gonna be a hundred dollars, like your whole fantasy thing, would have been worth it for Puka in Dynasty. Yeah. It so would have been worth it this year. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't really know how accurately you can judge the Browns for this game, like. When your quarterback throws like three interceptions to a elite team, you can't really blame your defense. Anyone's supposed to see the field like, this year? Yeah, like it's just I mean, this game kind of just feels like a wash. Oh no, this you know what this feels like? I will literally give you an exact game comparison. This is like when the Saints played the Dolphins three, four years ago when Ian Book had to pop in to start Ew. in the COVID year. Ew. We were a better team. We we but and I'm not saying even the Browns are a better team, but I'm just saying, look, we should have at least it should have been a close game. We got our ass handed to us, as you might figure. Ian booked like four interceptions, like two pick sixes. It, you know, yeah. shit happens when that is what happens. This is the ill game of the week. Yeah, just Browns ew. fans don't just literally. Yeah, if you're a Browns fan, just don't hang your head on this. Yeah, it's just the, this is an ew ski. Like you just this is what happens. <laughs> this is an ew ski. You just you move on. Forget this about this one. All right, another game I was really wrong about. Cincinnati at Tennessee. Put Klein music over me on this one. Oh, man. You said what? I said you can put Klein music over me on this oh, one. Oh, bro. I was, yeah. This was a bad week. I actually did pretty well this week. I actually did better you for the first week. Well, we'll see about Seattle tonight, but yeah. Seattle might give me right. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll we both pick Actually, Seattle, you're right. So, okay. so the question I had for this game, bro, is let's, uh, so let's go. Before we get into the Bengals, let's go. Could the Titans win the AFC South? 
It's really possible, man. I mean, the AFC South right now, everybody is two and two. And with the way now, I think Jacksonville ultimately will rebound. But I mean, shit. The Texans are feisty. The Colts are feisty. Like this, this, this division is really what, like, I think not in terms of talent, but what people thought, like, maybe, like, the AFC North could be. That was exactly what I was just thinking. Like, it's a division where, like, literally anybody can win it. We and, like, this division was a wash. Bro, I thought it was the Jags division easily. We thought they could win every... Oh, what? That just scared me so, so much. Bro, I was like, what the hell is yo, that? We're looking paranormal, up stats right now. Yo, paranormal ad. activity in bro, the mic, bro. I was so bro. scared. Oh, um, my God, bro. My heart actually started... I, I was scared, bro. I was like... Okay, yo, okay. Was this like, wasn't me. I was like, this bro, is someone me. coming through the window? <laughs> yeah, I, I was I was spooked. Um, that was hilarious, bro. No, but yeah, I mean... They really do have a chance if they keep playing like this, but it's just like... Ew. The Titans are definitely the uh, the feisties. Yeah. If, yeah. if you had to pick out like one, oh, I mean, no, it's wait, maybe it's the Texans, but it's, it's the AFC South just full of the feisty. The feisty yeah. Teams. Honestly, AFC South. How how often could you say this? Great coaching. Great a, a division of great coaches. Yo, book it. Book it's it. a fact, and nobody said it yet. I don't, you know what? Yeah, we're standing at AFC South man for like coaching that. But no, I mean, yeah, you know. Funny stuff aside, my thing is right now is look the the Titans definitely are still very they hinge heavily on like if Derrick Henry can get going, and it's the uh, it's definitely the Achilles heel of the team because they are yeah. very I don't want to even they're not I don't want to say like one dimensional because it's, they have they have multiple dimensions of the yeah. offense but if the first dimension can't get going they don't have any way to hit two or three because because Tannehill's not going to win you games the receiving core isn't anything crazy it's just like. They they really like if Derrick Henry can have an okay game and their defense plays like well, they have a shot in really any game. No, it's that D line too. I mean that D line is and this game too. I got a shot of my. I mean I won't even go name by name because they all played fantastic. This whole D line, every single person that gets in and rotates in this D line has been balling out. And so over to the Bengals. I mean, where do we even start with them? Because I know I know. So I want what I want to start with is you saw Jamar Chase. Yeah. So how he said he's open all I, the fucking time. Quote I, didn't, unquote. I didn't think I didn't take that as like anything bad. I just thought took that as like he was hyping himself up. No. Yeah. I think well, if anything, I took it as like he looked like he, yeah, he's incredibly frustrated, but it's not like and yeah, he is frustrated, but he's not like he's not like blaming Joe Burrow for this. No. If anything, I think he's blaming Joe for being too. He shouldn't have too come competitive. back. Yeah. yeah, like it's not like he thinks that Joe does not have it anymore. He, I'm sure he's frustrated that if anything, his his competitiveness might have, in a sense, I don't want to say like foiled, but might have foiled this season. It did because truthfully, at this rate, I don't know how they're gonna. Right, we've said if the kind of the path to recovery was getting to be two and two, and then three and two, and kind of crawling out of that rut. Well, now in the AFC, it's like. They might have foiled the year. And yes, no, it is not done. We've seen the Patriots get out of holes like this. We have seen it happen with great teams, but it's unlikely. It is unlikely. And it's just like, if he would have just stayed out, their record probably would have been the same. 
So it's like, oh, again, man. Yo. They're killing me with yo, this. Yo, with the, the multiple ads with I multiple know. different sound bars. Like, what in it. the world? My are you, bad, my no, bad. I'm muting mine just in case the ads want to pop up over here. Bro. Yeah. So I don't know. I, it's just like, if he would have sat out and came back in week five, the record probably would have been the same. And it's like, he's only re-aggravated it and caused a rift between, like, he hasn't caused a rift between the team, but... It definitely sends bad vibes to the locker room when you have your star quarterback playing and you're one and three. Well, and T. Higgins is not playing well either. And whether that's intangent, Fuck, man. With, Fuck. Whether that's intangent with the fact that he's struggling himself with certain things or that he's dealing with certain injury things that he maybe you're not, you know, not as big or just little things. Yeah. Or it's because of Joe Burrow, right? It's what I'm saying it could be a lot of things. Or the contract, whatever the case is, the offense as a whole, it is for the first time in the Joe Burrow era, ew. We're yeah. using the you use our word it, today. It, it's you. I mean, it's like ew. right now, it's pretty gross. So where they go from here is that they're going to be fine on offense. They will figure it out. But this year, yeah. will it be this year? I still don't know. And with that old line more than anything, they ha- that is the number one thing that needs to be figured out. Yeah. Not just this year for the future, because that's how you got yourself in the situation with Joe Burrow in the first place. That needs to be priority number one. Stop spending draft picks on anything else besides O line. Stop. Just stop. And that's, that's stop spending money for a while. And anything besides the O line, no, I know they did. They did the Joe Jones this year, but the real situation is this: O line is still far from fixed, and Joe Burrow is your is their money. So you yeah, gotta fix literally it. your two hundred seventy five million dollar quarterback, and he's the guy who's bringing the money to the team. It's yeah. like you have got to protect him. Yeah. Oh, sad, 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 sad for the Bengals. Sad times over there in Cincy. Moving into the Los Angeles Rams at. Indianapolis Colts. What a fucking game, man. No, seriously. All right. So first of all, what a game. So the question I had for this one, bro, is switch it up a little bit here. You know, are these two good teams? Uh, about yeah. Both teams. Yeah, no, I, I think they are. Um, I think these are two teams where it's like you're never going to just check the box when you play them on the Sunday. It's like, yeah, if you don't come ready to play, you will probably lose this game like the Rams. I mean, come on, man. Like, Matt Stafford, stop fucking throwing interceptions. But the way McVay is scheming up this offense and Cooper Cup's about to come back, like, they're going to be even better when he comes back. And Puka Nakua, I mean, it's just like, it's proven at this point. Like, you don't just go, like, you. there's players that have played well consistently. Be like, oh, he's, no, like, he's putting up, like, number one receiver numbers. Like, he's going truly crazy. So... The Rams, yes, great team. Not great. Good team. They're, for in, they're a good team, though, officially. They, they are They are officially a good team. It's not the fake shit anymore. Uh, Indiana, good team. I mean, like, their offense wasn't great, but the fact that their defense, like, was able to keep them in games and shit, and, you know, they sacked the quarterback twice. They got an interception. It's... Both of these teams are far beyond what I thought they would be at the beginning of the year. No, and this this leads us right back to what I opened the show with. Like, all these teams that I thought for sure were so down and out, like, going to be pathetic this year. Yeah. Not that they didn't have pieces that were going to be redeeming, but just this year we're going to really struggle. No, not at all. Uh, I was wrong about a lot of these teams. The Rams being one and the Colts being another. I mean, yeah, like you already said, you already covered on Puka and the Rams offense. The main thing I want to cover on that you didn't really touch on yet is, bro, Kyron Williams yeah. is like very sneakily having a fantastic year. I guess fantastic's gassing a little bit. But in terms of volume to scores, like in producing for his squad and fantasy as a whole, 
Kyron Williams is sneaky, sneaky having a really good year. Well, let me say this, and I'll let you keep going. This is why I never bought into the Cam Akers experiment. When running backs work, they just work. Like, the offense isn't changing to mold around this running back. So it's like, if we're going through this Cam Akers saga three times in a row, he's just not the guy. So I, I while I am surprised, I, I, I don't even want to say I'm surprised at how well he's doing. We've seen Todd Gurley in like a McVay offense. And not to say they have the same level of talent up front, but it's like we know what running backs can do in this offense. So it's like if it wasn't working with Cam Akers, like I'm more willing to put it on the player than the coach at this point. Bro, absolutely. Absolutely. I can't believe I was ever going to ever even a question around Cam and all that stuff. If anything, the Akers situation just did not work over in L.A. So a big point I had written down I want to touch on because it really did upset me when I saw it. I don't know if you had a chance to see this one because, again, I know this since we're recording on Monday now, we haven't had as much time. We haven't seen every game. We haven't seen yeah, every yeah. rep yet. That'll I, be more, more like yeah, later in the yeah. week. Did you see this game, though? Did you did you get to see this one? Or I, did, any, I didn't end of this see one? all of it, but I did see parts of it. Yeah. So, bro, the big thing that I had with this one that killed me, bro, really was upsetting is a rich dialed up an absolute money shot to win them the game. Essentially, it would have yeah, yeah. put them in field goal range and it was on third down. It was a wheel route to Kyler Gr- or to Kylan Granson, tight end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was a dot to his back he shoulder, and it. he just dropped it. Like, and it was brutal. It was a very let me be clear. It's not, I'm not putting all on him because it was like it was a very hard catch. And yes, it was like he had to completely like, turn around and but the throw to be perfect, catch had to be perfect. Catch was not perfect. They did not win the game. All I'm saying is if a rich if he caught this ball from a rich, the, the Colts win this game. So yeah. if, if you're a Colts fan, there's nothing. I mean, it went to on. OT. That's what I'm saying. So if, you're, like, if you're and if, if you're a rich and you're a rookie, you're, you can make that throw. And you in the in the receiver's not the one making the play. Colts fans should not feel upset about that at all. We no. know the Colts still have plenty of things. You're they're 500. Going then they they have. You can see where this team still has so much room to grow, and they're still competing in every game. A rich was such a money pick. We had we felt very confident about it. Shane Steichen's proving that yes, Shane Steichen will make these mobile QBs into stars. Just give him time. Shane Steichen's earned his money too. Side note, but yeah. man, coming in there and just commanding the team. If you're a Colts fan, you just, you know, you know my trademark. You love to see it. If you're a Colts fan, and, you love to see it. You know, there was a lot of criticism of Ballard in the offseason about not moving up to get their guy. But this was also when they thought it was going to be the four quarterbacks right off. Like Levis was going to be in the top five. Shout out Ballard for staying like strong and not moving up because I mean, really, at this point, it's between him and Stroud. No, so, and that's it's, and again, in the way that they're going to develop over time, it's like not, but like, yeah, actually, I'm going to shout out right, going to say it. They are two different archetypes of player. Oh, yeah. Like CJ Stroud is a pocket gunslinger, and A Rich is like a wild card out of pocket, but he also can still play well in the pocket, but obviously, his strength is going to be out the pocket and in moving. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'm not. If anything, they're, they're two different styles. So I just hope that they keep complimenting oh, yeah, yeah. each other and how good this draft class was and, and just keep be, just keep improving. Because one of our big narratives was that this draft class was going to be a special quarterback draft class. Really, all it's got to happen at this point is we just need, and I think it will, is the Panthers are just such a shit show. Give Bryce some time. That, yeah. we're gonna, everyone's going to see this, this draft class is going to come together beautifully. Yep. All right. Let's move in to Tampa Bay at New Orleans. Man. This game, man, as a Saints fan, at least, if you're a Bucks fan, you had to be loving it. So, like, the question I had, I want to start with from this game is, yeah, go ahead. Is Baker the new long-term QB in Tampa Bay? I mean, man, like, <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, Baker has played well this year. Like, it, if you look at his stats, seven touchdowns, two interceptions, almost 900 yards. Like. 
ew. But at the same time, it's like, I mean, obviously the offense is just let me throw it to Mike Evans and he'll catch it. Like, that's what I've noticed. Like, I appreciate Baker for doing that. Like, using your weapons just like how they're no should be used. I, I like, have to interrupt real quick just to bring this up because this is the main thing. So this was my main notes is like, look, yeah, and that's true. But then when Mike Evans, because he got injured this game and went out, Right when Chris Godwin's came, Chris Godwin's. Right when Chris, God, Chris Godwin, I'm struggling with this man's name. Right when Chris Godwin came in the game, bro. Not came in, but just took over his number one. You get what I'm saying? And he was number one. Bro, he was getting the ball to him. Yep. He ended up having, let me just get the exact stat right here. He ended up going eight catches, 114 yards. But to your point, Baker does not like to overcomplicate things. And no. it, oh, go figure that it works. And all I'm going to say is this. Let me be clear. I'm saying this with a grain of salt. I'm not saying this for real. I'm saying this is more of a joke and facetiously, but stick with me for a sec. When I was watching this game, thought going through my head is like you know did we did we overthink this qb thing and maybe what we should have done is taken a shot at someone like baker and here's my thing let me just be clear because we got Derek carr out here we made all you know all these things happen Derek carr as far as i know he's injured right now so i can't say too much all i'm gonna say is look where even when he was healthy right now and every since i would agree Derek carr is certainly not moving the needle so far in terms of what i want to see i want to see quicker decision making i want to see him he stands in the pocket sometimes a little too long which is a big thing with the injury that happened and it's like look baker was out here just just playing football, you know, yeah, the yeah. pocket's breaking down. He's going to start running like all yeah. the stuff I want to see that I'm not seeing for my guy. It's like they're Baker's out here playing football, having fun. Derek's making every snap in our offense. Let me be clear. I, I feel like I'm, I'm harping too much on Derek Carr. It's not it's not just a Derek Carr thing. Derek Carr is playing lethargic, but I think it comes much more. Let me redirect here. It comes much more down to that war criminal over there, Pete Carmichael, our <laughs> offensive coordinator, because this offense is such lethargic garbage. Like, he's garbage, bro. Like, let me, look, quick. Let me just bring some passion for a second. Every, every Saints fan, you know, like I said, too, I'd be I'd have more passion about how garbage some of these other offenses were if I had a chance to watch them yet. That's where it's early in the week. And I haven't had a chance to even watch snap for snap many of these games yet. What I'll tell you is from a team that I did watch snap for snap, the Saints, dude, it makes no sense. Like the whole identity of the offense is, is nonsensical. I mean, like I'm getting so mad right now. I'm just thinking about it. Let's go for starters. Number one problem with this team, bro, is we will put ourselves in the most ridiculous situations. And then just and what the so for, I'll put you an example. Yesterday, there were multiple times where it'd be like third and three, third and four, third and five. And everybody runs like a deep crosser and there's like a deep intermediate route and it's no time for it to develop because the O-line is playing terrible too. Yeah. Okay. So let's, that's, that's real intelligent. But then on like third and 15, third and 20, everybody like will run a curl and a drag route. And I'm like, what is going on? Like the offense has no sense. Everything we should be doing on third and short, we're doing on third and long. It's all vice versa. We're running the ball on second and 10. We're, we're passing the ball on, on first and five. I'm like, what in the world is going on with this team? Our offensive coordinator has no clue how football uh, seemingly that th there's four downs. Yeah, I don't like I'm, I'm going to stop being a passionate fan. But the point is this. This offense is garbage and the defense is elite. Well, that's what kills you about it is this defense is playing really good every week, but they can't play perfect the whole game. They play basically a perfect first half, which is what happens every single week because they have to. And then they get tired, as anyone would, because the offense can't stay on the field for more than one. Literally, they, they, they stall one. They do a three and out probably six times a game on average right now. It, yeah. It's a joke. Yeah, you guys were five for 14 on third. It's a Not joke. And even great. when we would convert it, it would never lead to points, really. It would just, oh, let's convert one, and then we'll punt it on the second. It's on our second, you know, first and 10. It, bro, it's a joke. Yeah. It, it is. It's it, There's no continuity on this offense well also you There's can't no do that when you're playing like a t defense like tampa bay who's so experienced and and, the, and and last thing but the run game too 
There is absolutely no flow to this team. There's none. The run game does not tie it all to the pass game. There is no, we don't run the ball outside ever. There's no screen game in this offense. When the Saints were at their best, it was very screen heavy because yeah. you keep the defense off. And that's always my thing is I've always said elite offenses know how to run good screens. It's always been a thing. You're a good offense. You will mix in screens. The Saints don't mix in screens for shit. It's a joke. Well, the Saints offense is a joke. I'll so, tell you what happens when you run too many screens. <laughs> let me be clear. There's a limit. <laughs> Lou Getzey didn't learn. Oh, God. Lou Getzey surely did not learn. No, yeah, there's a limit. But yeah, bottom line, uh, currently the Saints defense is elite and uh, our offense is trash. But if you're a Bucks fan, you got to love the surprise that you're witnessing this year. So, and the fact that Baker really could lift you to the to be a playoff team in this in this not garbage, but in this weak NFC landscape we yeah, currently are. He in. definitely peppered Godwin a lot more than Evans than the past games. Like, oh yeah, I wonder if Godwin was like, "Yo, I'm really good too. You you can throw me the ball." No, exactly. That's that's my point, bros. It's like when Baker's playing like this, you know. They obviously they've lost a ton of edge from what they had with Brady. Yeah. But hey, like the identity of the team is still like we're going to throw the ball. We're going to target our guys and the defense is going to play good, tough, big guy football. And it's like it still is working before we move into the next game. Let me ask you a question. So. If Derek Carr is taking did, did Derek Carr get injured and have to like come out and then like Jameis Winston took one snap and threw an interception. Like, how does that work? No, what happened? honestly, and, I, and I'm going to tell you this because I'm not even bullshitting you. Those last few snaps, honestly, I was getting food. Oh, and they I took honest, them out at the end. Yeah, I think it was literally like if I was not mistaken, it would have just been like, I think garbage it was because the game was over. I was oh. just getting food and I would like I, for the last drive. I was like, yep, yeah, turning this garbage off for the day. I, I had seen enough. <laughs> I, so I can't tell you exactly what it was. I'll tell you. It was a depressing Sunday. <laughs> All right. Well, probably even more depressing is what Washington fans had to watch when they played when they're at Philly this weekend. And uh, apparently Terry McLaurin was did not get another foot down. Yeah. Um, what the, the fuck? NFL refs are they, still they garbage. Were, they were uh, they were out committing crimes this weekend. Yeah, we're going to have to touch on some more of those later because this will not be the last. What is uh, what you got for me? Just what I got for you is like, well, number one, let's go to the question. So before I touch on how garbage these refs are. Yeah. All right. So Mike, the question I'll start off is, are the commanders a sneaky threat to make the playoffs? I mean, when you look at how they've played, they're super, super, super streaky. And it's just like, <sighs> I really want to be in on the commanders. But when <laughs> they beat the Cardinals, they beat the Broncos, <laughs> which in two points. But then they lost to the Bills by 34. And then we lost to the Eagles by three. Like, I don't, I don't get this team. Like, I don't understand it. Um, Sam Howell went from looking like a fifth round first year guy in offense to actually not playing bad this game. But he, but then he played good in the earlier of the year. So it's like, I, I feel like this is just like the motto of like, or like the slogan for like the Ron Rivera era in Washington. It's just like you never know what the team is. Like it's we have been saying it's like it's like no identity. It's like beating a dead horse. If you had to ask me the most I like seriously, are they the most identityless team? At least the Bears identity. Identity being fraud. Just a dumpster fire. Yeah. I, like I think you know the commanders don't. They have not had one. Yeah, their identity fraud is the identity. Like Washington could make the playoffs like strictly only because how weak the NFC is. Like 
that's really the only way they make the playoffs. Like, I I don't have confidence in this team whenever going into a game. You know, know what I you know what? That's a lie. Thursday night, I have a lot of confidence in the Commanders. They they are just like even a way more put together team than Denver. So it's like we almost we barely beat Denver. So the fact that, that even barely makes lost sense as a sentence is ridiculous. It should never be the way that it is, but that is true at the moment somehow. Yeah, I'd say, bro, the Commanders are just a that's that, and that's what. So to your point, I'm not going to say much more on the Commanders other than like it actually frustrates me how little you can expect what the, you don't even like. It's like the commander's game plan. You never know what you're about to see. Like, Oh, we're about to see 40 rushes. Oh, we're about to see like 40 passes. Oh, maybe we're going to see 30 passes, 30 rushes. No, maybe we're going to see a defense that has 12 sacks. And no, maybe we're going to see defense that'll have no sacks and no tackles for a loss. Like it's so in, Oh, maybe they'll have five interceptions. Oh, the next week. No, they'll catch. They'll drop four of them. Like the team is just never been consistent in what you're going to get, how they're going to win games. It's just like every time they win a game, it's like, Oh, that was interesting. Yeah. No, the commanders have also let up a ton of sack. Well, it depends how you look at it, whether it whether you believe sacks are a uh, quarterback stat or not. But uh, yeah, no, that I think Sam Howell is on. Yeah, he's been sacked 24 times in four weeks. So definitely on track to break the single season record for being sacked. That offensive line is getting him killed. That is atrocious. But I do want to point this out. Okay. Sam Howell. Um, where is it? Oh, never mind. He still has not thrown for a 300 yard game. I was looking for that. I wanted to look for that stat for uh, a selfish reason. Knock on the door. Knocking. He had, he had 299 versus Denver. He's but screaming at the fucking door. Yeah, I, I don't really. I mean, like, I think Washington is going to be pretty much what everyone expected them to be this year. A little bit better than last year, maybe. But still identity frauds. I mean, like, I yeah, no, they're identity fraud. I, I don't know what to say really about the Eagles other than like they're they look like they're gelling. They're still good. Like, um, I mean, the you saw the you saw the pass game open up because the run game. I mean, they had a hundred yards on the ground, but Swift was their leading rusher with fifty six yards. So, I mean, AJ Brown had a big day. Devonta Smith had a good day. Nicholas Morrow with three sacks too on the defense. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Former Bear Nicholas Crazy. Morrow. Um, but also like, you know. Do they just fucking hate Dallas Godare now? Like, what the fuck? They don't use him. <laughs> that is hilarious. I think, yeah, I, and the only thing I really want to say about the Eagles is, because again, like, you know, there's not really much to touch on with them because nothing's really changed. You know, going into the year, we actually had them picked as our Super Bowl champion from yeah. the simulation. I'd say uh, we're right on pace. Yep. You yep. know, I mean, Four I think that uh, they're definitely one of the teams that will be locked to probably show up in the NFC Bro, Championship. I know what's going to happen. Just like last year, they're going to blow one to the Giants. They, I knew they blew it to the Commanders last year. They're going to blow it to the Giants this year. Let's write this down. We'll revisit this in They're the going to blow it to the Giants this year. I can definitely see it. But yeah, it's like, you know, they're going to be a good team. And yeah, exactly. Are they going to be perfect? Probably not. But they're going to keep being a good team. And they're going to keep showing up. And they're going to keep doing what they do. They dominate trenches. And whether they... And that's what's great about the Eagles, too, is obviously they showed you now, if you're an Eagles fan, look, if they can... Look, everyone thought it was kind of like, oh, they're going to be able to... You know, it's only going to be running. Is the pass game struggling? Yeah. No, clearly they said, fuck that. We're about to go dominate the pass game. Just show everybody. No, I'm just kidding. That wasn't why. But you get my point. They showed you that they can. And oh, that, yeah. it's good to see if you're an Eagles they, fan. So. If you can do that when you need to and perform, that is a very good sign for your team. No, absolutely. Moving into two formally 
imperfect teams because the Eagles are perfect. It was a good transition. That is a good transition. Um, one of them is still imperfect. I don't even know if I'm using that right. Minnesota at Carolina. I'm just going to get into the game. I'm just <laughs> ranting or fucking rambling. I. Oh, wait, wait, that's right. I have a question. Yeah, for us. I was like, no, wait, good, oh, bro. See, I'm still getting used to. I'm, I'm okay. getting used to oh, the my roles week. question. All right. The question this week, Vikings Panthers. Should Panthers fans be worried about Bryce Young? Yes, but not because of him. Like. You have to look what your team put around you. And um, here's my thing. There was like a lot of like back and forth between Bears fans and Packers fans, like or not Bears fans and Panthers fans after a trade went down. Just like, I don't know. Like it was just obviously petty bullshit, but like, hey man, you're really in the same boat that the Bears are in. Your O-line sucks. You got no weapons. The coaching staff is questionable. And I'm going to tell you how that works out for young QBs. Not very well. So not to brat, not to, you know, throw more fucking shade at Bryce, but the situation he's in is just not set up for success. So y'all might have fucking ruined him. Now, I'm not saying right now, but if let's say they bring back Frank Reich next year, realistically, how much can they improve the O-line? They don't have a first round pick. See, you know what I'm going to say, though? And this is where I think I've been kind of sitting on this all week, and this is where I'm going to... I don't, I hate to even do this to him this early, but it's where it's leaning. Again, could it be redeemed where this is not the situation? Certainly. But is it looking like it right now? Not lean towards it. So what Bryce is looking like to me right now is that I think, and again, are we? is he going to see that same upwards turn that Tua saw? I can't say for certain like that. But I think what I'm seeing is, is I think his arc of his career is going to go similar to how Tua's went. You know, like Tua okay. came in, thrown into the garbage dump fire <laughs> and playing like pretty bad. And so everybody jumps to the narrative of like, no, he is garbage. Like, no, that he will never develop. Like, he's too small. He all these things we worried about. And they're going to use that of why he can't succeed. But then if you get Bryce around a good coach and a coach that will believe in his strengths and get him a good, I said good, I said like a good, yeah, I know what you turned into like a New Jersey native over here. No, but like jokes aside, yeah, you got to get the man an O-line. You have got to quick, just you, you, the receiving core's also got to be upgraded. Adam Thielen's playing like old Adam Thielen, but he's not old Adam Thielen. It's because his target share is high because nobody else is getting open. Right. Because, and I, I'll give credit where it's due. Like Terrence Marshall had nine catches this game. For 56 yards, nothing. I mean, again, it, the offense is lethargic. He is playing he, better than he has been before, though. No, he is. He's Terrence not, Marshall. He's, he, you know, he is, absolutely. But again, you know, we'll go back to the uh, Miles Sanders. Every single week, we'll go back to it until I have to go back to it. You know, you put money into a situation where it was so pointless. They're going to end up probably releasing him after this year or two. It's not even Miles Sanders' fault. He was signed to a terrible situation. Again, why are you spending money on running back when everything else is the way? Yeah, the Panthers are not a well-built team. Bryce is in a bad situation is the bottom line. It's kind of what I'm saying. In their at. defense, like with injuries, it's just not. I mean, like, not going to lie, though. They stayed in this game with the Vikings. So moving into the Vikings, that's saying more about the Vikings or more about the Panthers. I think it says more about how bad the Vikings actually are. That's what my main point that I've written down for the Vikings is, look, if you're a Vikings fan, if anything, this should reiterate the tank is necessary. It's necessary. If we're if you're struggling, actually coming fighting back against the worst, not worst, one of the worst teams in the league, you know, 
arguably, well, you get my point. Yeah, I, I don't even arguably worse because they've shown they can compete against teams that are better than them. But you get my you get my point. Teams yeah, they yeah. should clearly not be struggling against. They're struggling, and like I've said too, the value behind Kirk is not going to get any higher. No, it's absolutely not. So you got to do it now. But it doesn't look like they're leaning towards that, and I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think we'll look back at this in a few years and be like, this is where the Vikings really fumbled the chance to turn things around because it looks like that's where we're headed. I'm interested to see what they do after this year with Kirk Cousins because we've talked about it where it's to the point where it's like, I don't really know if it's like worth it to like it, it, it puts them in a hard situation because you have like this star in Justin Jefferson who needs to be extended. And it's like, does he want to sign to a place where he doesn't know who the quarterback's going to be? Like, I don't know. And it's like the defense is just not playing how it should. So, I mean, it's kind of weak though. So I, I, I don't know. I'm just rambling. It, it's just like the Vikings need to blow it up. No. And there's like we said, we said this last week, there was not a question about it. Well, if there was no questions about it, Last week, I don't even know an analogy for this week, but there's negative zero questions. Not it has to be done. It has to yeah. be done. I mean, there's just no question about it. Um, and yeah, it's you know more than anything. I think what I want to say is last little point of this game is I'll give a shout out to the Panthers. They got some young scrappers on defense though. You know, okay, okay. like Derek Brown, Jeremy. Derek Chin, Brown is good. Frankie yeah, Lubu. Chin, yeah. Like you got some good pieces on defense. But yeah, two teams that are on the bottom of Von Bell isn't bad either. No, definitely not. Definitely not. It's like they got pieces, but in terms of both these teams where they need to be, they're far from where they need to be. Yeah. Well, that's a gar. That was the other garbage fucking tank bowl of the year. Um, we had Denver Chicago earlier, but moving into a game that should not have happened like it did Pittsburgh at Houston. Yeah, man. The, the, bro, this has to be the weirdest game of the week in terms of results, right? I mean, I picked them this week. I picked Houston this week. You went crazy. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do a little lap on that one. You have one. to. So the, all right, so the question we have for this week is just straight and forward to the point. Fun question. You know, is CJ Stroud a better QB than Kenny Pickett? Um, yeah. I'm not going to lie. I've, I was buying a little bit into the Pickett hype um, this offseason just because you upgrade the O-line. Um, you hope that Najee is going to be better in the run game. You have George Pickens, who's emerging. They have good players at receiver, at tight end. Friar Muth, Deontay Johnson. Uh, Calvin Austin's been playing well. And it's just not working. And this is kind of interesting, in my opinion, for like Steelers fans or just kind of any franchise that has had like a franchise quarterback for the last 20 years, like Ben Roethlisberger. Like, you really start to see how your team performs when you don't have one of those guys. And I don't necessarily think that like Pickett is really that guy. I mean, with the way they're playing, I'm taking CJ Stroud easily. I was going to say easily. And also just the throws that he's making. I mean, I mean, like CJ's going outside the numbers consistently saying it with Kenny. It's like, a lot of the, the throws are kind of like, oh, uh, you know, like that was just, yeah. that just wasn't it yet. And yeah, I think the main thing I want to go back to is, you know, not even victory lap, but I've been saying this for a while. 
sometimes, and let me be clear, I still, I'm big on the whole, you should watch the preseason, enjoy the preseason. The preseason is good for finding like future, you know, guys that are, have potential for the future. You know my whole thing. Yeah. But people always get way too excited about preseason performances in an implication for like that season. And it's like, just because a dude dominated the preseason has no implication that they're going to be a star that season, especially because, especially a quarterback. We've seen times where QBs will go on these runs all the time in the preseason. And it doesn't mean anything for playing against the Hell starters no. in, the, in the regular season. So that was the main thing with Kenny Pease. All this hype was coming from the fact that he was like essentially perfect in the preseason. And it's like, yeah, it was it was the preseason. Not the preseason football is not something that is important. It is. But you cannot gauge it the same way in terms of expectations for how someone's going to come out and start. And yeah, the narrative got twisted crazy into like Kenny P revenge season. Kenny P's coming to show he's the top five. No. No. <laughs> That's how I get so mad thinking about how everybody called me. Steelers fans were really, really recklessly on my case. When Bro, I said they were going to have Steelers a, fans are crazy. You know, recklessly, man. They don't know. So what it's like, let me be clear. Yeah, not not no victory lab, but man, you know, it's kind of like slow your roll was a was very clearly what I was getting at. And Steelers fans were right accepted. And that was the Steelers are, are a weird team right now, if anything, more than anything. That's what I wanted to touch on. It's like, let me ask you a question though. Should we be more concerned? about the Steelers or more hype about the Texans? Oh, hype about the Texans. I'll say if you're I a agree. Texans fan, yo, you're, you should be geeking. This, it seems like, clear. This is like, okay, here's my thing. They're like, hold on, we have a boo-boo O-line. We look this good. Like, that's the best situation th- to be that's in. That's what I'm saying, though. Like, that's kind of, and I'm not going to harp on this, and this is what we talked about earlier, but this is why I can't buy the Justin shit right now. When it works, it's just it just works. Like you shouldn't have to like pick at it and do all this shit. Like or you'll be able to pick enough good more than bad. Yeah, yeah. Easily. Yeah. Which is what you can do with CG easily in four games. Yeah. It's like the sample size doesn't have to be humongous either. I mean, the first week was obviously tough. You played a Baltimore defense, but like Indiana, Jacks, Pittsburgh, all good defenses. So it's just like yeah, no. no uh, CJ's a pocket gunslinger. There's yeah, no, no question. I'm taking CJ Stroud any day over Kenny Pickett. No, any day. And I think, yeah, so, you know, like, I already, t- I already basically kind of went and touched on all the things I wanted to touch on with the Texans earlier when we yeah. first opened with the show. I'll just move on to the Steelers and kind of, like, touch on them real quick. But, yeah, I mean, if you're a Steelers fan, you know, they are very much in that, like I said, that same direction is a plenty of teams right now. Yeah. Where it's like, you have a lot of what you need, but the QB is just not in a consistent no. spot. And yeah, he'll win you a few games because he'll get you get by on him. Yeah. But he's not going to win you, win you games. And it's like, so you're handicapped by him in a sense. Yeah. Basically, the Steelers are right now handicapped by Kenny Pickett. I mean, and it's like, you can see if you can get a new offensive coordinator, like Matt, get Matt Canada. Oh, that, out I was going to say, let's, yeah. How, I mean, how have I forgotten to address that situation as well? I mean, Matt Canada is like him. I'll say this because it's Matt Canada is getting all the, all the national hate because yeah. the Steelers are a much bigger franchise in terms of popularity than the Saints. But if the Saints were as popular as the Steelers, oh, trust me, the national narrative right now would be that these two are brothers in war. I mean, these are war criminals. These, <laughs> these two offensive coordinators are just, are they, they are one and the same. I mean, they really, Pete Carmichael's not got enough. I don't think enough slander. Him, just, and, him and Matt Canada might as well be the same fucking coordinator. Should we just like Photoshop like Kenny Pickett and Matt Canada on like the cover oh, of like, the War Dogs? We like we should like hand, we should like Photoshop them like doing doing like a like a like a handshake with each other. Oh yeah, yeah, like yeah. that's what we should be doing. That would be like that's exactly how they are. Let's like, run think, the worst offense ever. I think they're it's like a, it's like they're like secretly in on something together. One thing before we move into the next game, I just want to victory lap us on this one. Um, we said the Texans receiving core was going to be awesome. 
And it's awesome. Bro, I was so time out, time out. Because, dude, what the narrative coming into the year was also always everyone's like, oh, everyone always says Nico Collins is about to break out. It's, no, we were right. It was literally, we were at perfect timing. I didn't say it, I didn't say it too early. We were he was perfect. drafted in 21. Like, was, give the guy some time. Again, it, bro, when you're 6'4 and you and you run routes the way he does, it's pretty hard not to find success, especially when you get a QB like CJ that comes out. I mean, uh, it was it, it was the perfect line for, for success to be this year. Honestly, would have expected a little bit more from John Mechie, but I mean, you never know what he's working back I with think health. And exa- stuff I was going to say, I think, he, I think he'll be someone who will start being more productive. And he, not that he won't be this year, but he will keep getting more productive as he gets older and later into his, like as he can get more years under his belt. Because again, he missed a lot of time with everything he had to go yeah, through. Yeah. So it's like, but that that'll be scary when they're all full force. No, it will. Las Vegas Raiders at Los Angeles Chargers. All right. We just found my question for this one. But all right. So if, you know, start off with this one. Let's go. Are we concerned about the Chargers' offense without Mike Williams? Kinda. I mean, like. Justin Herbert put his nuts on the fucking table at the end of the game and threw that shit to Josh Palmer, but I'm not like sold on Josh Palmer and I was never, ever sold on the Quentin Johnson pick the Quentin Johnston. See, I do have to eat this one. I, I just, I didn't see it um, when I watched him in college and uh, yeah, it's, it's really going to be the Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler show. If Austin Eckler is healthy. So yeah, yeah, I would be a little bit concerned if I was a uh, Chargers fan, but here comes the narrative for Herbert, even though I think he's been playing much better this year with Kellen Moore. No, he has. But again, like this is one of those games where, and yeah, he made it. He made a couple like laser throws this game, there's no doubt. But again, like, you know, and every Chargers fan would agree, you want to see more from an offense that has this many pieces. And when Justin Herbert's leading you 167 yards, it's like, what, what are we doing? You know? Yeah. You, you know, you'd be... I'd be remiss to go find a game where Mahomes played. Like, and this was even yesterday when he was playing at his worst. He didn't put up a, only 160. It's like that's just lethargic number against Aiden O'Connell and the Raiders. That's what, that's where I'm getting at. The Raiders. Like, this was not this was not them going against the Jets. It's like this was the Raiders, and it's, so it's like, you know, is the, if anything it rubs me the wrong way. And yeah, I'm, let me just leave clear and get out of the way early. I will admit, did I overhype Quentin Johnson clearly? <laughs> yes. And although I do still think he has a high ceiling, and I think he can turn it around. He's not separating how I thought he was going to separate out the gates. And that that just is a telltale sign for he's not as good as I thought he was. Yeah. So I overhyped him a little bit. And why that matters, why I'm even addressing that at the moment is because, well, now he has to play the Mike role, the Mike yeah. Williams role. And I don't think it's going to be the same production, which is exactly why things look how they do right now. If anything, Quentin has a lot of pressure on his shoulders to step up now because he really has to grow up quickly. Oh yeah! I didn't think he was going to be in a position where he had to grow up really much. At not, I not at all. But in terms of getting even separation, it was like I thought he'd be getting separation. Maybe he'd have drop issues. Really, no. I mean, he's straight up just struggling to even get open right now, and it's showing. So he's got to get open. This offense is just, it's, it's lethargic. Nobody had over three catches yesterday. Yeah, I, but see, like these are one of those games where it's like Justin Herbert needs to just take over. Like I. That's what I'm saying. I was, yeah, like you're right. No, yeah, like uh, it's frustrating because it's like Keenan's really not going to get that like separation. Like that's more like scheming him open. Like he's not going to, he's not fast and like that. When, it's when just he has like, to be totally the number one when Mike's out, you you don't get as many situations where you can move him around without being being slower, swallowed yeah, by the number one. It's just like, it, it looks like maybe not to Herbert's fault, but it's like, it's almost like if you take Keenan out of the game, it's like, you're just kind of watching Eckler and that's about it. 
that's that, well, if anything, that's the biggest problem with this this offense. The way this offense was built is it's built around a lot of injury prone talent. Yeah, and that's the starting issue. I mean, Josh Jacobs is back though. Yeah, so let's if anything, let's just move over to the Raiders because I guess if you're the Chargers though, you can hang your hat on we played like poor and still came Khalil away against Mack, the division. The rival. defense showed out right. I'll say against the Raiders. I, I, you know, <laughs> the six sacks is literally egregious because yeah, so that tied the single game record. And he hasn't had a sack all year. No, no, no. Single game record is seven. Oh, he almost tied it. Almost tied it. But he broke his personal record. So he definitely broke five. his personal. And on top of that, first sack of the year was this game. I don't know, mistaken. but he did have two forced fumbles. That is, yeah. No, he played as he played out of his mind. One of the best games we're going to see from an edge rusher, probably in our yeah, life. Yeah, first sack, first uh, sack of the year. So we got to shout it out. Khalil Mack gave us one of the one of the uh, shows of a lifetime. Honestly, yeah. What the fuck? So he saved. Honestly, in a sense, he kind of saved Herbert more than the Bears have all season. Yeah, sacks. No, not surprising. Not at surprising. All. At all. Surprising Zero at all. pass rush. The Bears D line. We didn't even touch on. It. We want to go back to it. This is another weak part of that squad. But yeah, over to the Raiders <laughs> over here. You know, Josh Jacobs. You gotta love to see it. He heard. He heard he the did. slander. I think he's also been playing himself into shape. <laughs> no, like, yeah, like, no, seriously. And like, bro, this old line too is just playing poor right now. It's like on the ground, you know, 3.4 yards, carry nothing amazing, but the eight catches 81 yards. Like we see when you put the ball in Josh's hands, he's still ferocious. Yeah. He's just not the best situation this year with how poor this offense is going to be. And Devonte Adams played well. Jacoby Myers has been good. Decent all year. Trade Devonte, trade Devonte, like, trade Devonte, trade Devonte, man. Like I, Raiders fans don't want to hear it, but you should want to hear it. Honestly, at this point, you, you'd be crazy to think you wouldn't get good value back. And let's be real. Again, back to my Windows thing. Is the window for Devontae winning a ring with the Raiders? Is that even in the, like, the realm? No. Of, no. And, and like, also, it's like the Raiders are just like, they're one of those teams to me where they're like, you're just a team in the NFL. Like, you have no direction. Like, that's what Washington is to me. Like, you're literally just a team who's going out there and playing on Sundays. Like, I don't expect anything from you because... I don't understand what your team is. Right when they hired McDaniels, that was already that was the fear of a lot of Raiders fans. Yeah, was being realized that it, uh, McDaniels is not a seemingly a head coach. He's yeah, a coordinator. I mean, maybe it's just not. Looking like, but I don't think their GM has done them any many favors as no. well. You know what I'm saying? No, so, definitely not. Um, I don't really know what else there is to say about this game. It was kind of a kind of a just, fucking yeah, snooze I'll, fest. I'll, I'll leave it off on that. Max Crosby is having another fantastic season. Yeah, that's like the see. one bright spot of the Raiders. Yeah, that's I mean, like the one. And that's crazy to say, considering you have Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs on offense. But it's like you can't even be happy about it because you know it's leading nowhere. No direction. Um, They're identity frauds. Part two. Yeah. Talk about a snooze fest. This was just a fucking beatdown. New England at Dallas. Yeah. I mean, this game was genuinely uh, depressing to watch. Not even as a fan of either team. Just, this was one of those depressing. I just like don't know. Like if you're Bill, like. You just let that happen to you. Like this was one of the big things I was talking about with a lot of people yesterday. Is it's like, you know, if you're a bill, this has got to be a really tough situation to be in where you love football so much. It's, it's your life. I mean, it's like your life. You know, it's like if you're getting older and the team is just in its worst state you've ever witnessed. Ever. And it's like, and uh let's just start with the obvious. I mean, the obvious, obvious. It's like Mac Jones, it's just it's not it's working. not it's oh, it's like and it's like worst case scenario on top of the fact that it's not working but they also have no weapons besides Ramondre at this point I'd say Ramondre is maybe their what, what is it? do they have what I mean and Ramondre is not even playing good this year it's like 
they they might be the only weaponless option. That sounds so like, I mean, they really though in a sense. Yeah, that sounds bogus because they have talented guys, but no guys that are number ones. No, and it's like you don't have a number one. Like, You're going to struggle, and they literally have no number Juju's one. Juju's supposed to be your number one. Devontae Parker, Kendrick Bourne. Like, have, a, have a bunch of good twos, threes slots. They have a even bunch their, of just Their slots. line like, hasn't been playing the greatest, so it's like Ramon. Besides Trent even, Brown, the O-line's playing t- like pretty terrible. It's like... Yeah, I don't know what's going on here. So what, what, what question do we have? Yeah, so the question for this one is, should the Pats blow it up? We got already started touching on it. I, mean, I feel like they kind of have to. Like... There's nothing like there's no chance this team gets past the first round in the playoffs if they even make the playoffs. And it's just like. I just here's my thing. It's easier for it's easy for me, obviously, to sit here and be like, you got to blow it up. Like, but these are like guys careers and everything. But at the same time, it's like. I wouldn't. Obviously, I'll tell if I want a team to blow it up, but this is different because it's like Bill Belichick. Like, you usually never have said, like, oh, the Pats need to blow it up. I think it's time for the Pats to do, like, the first rebuild in the last 25 years. Like, it's just not the team that is going to get you anywhere. No, and like, and let me be clear. Blowing it up for me does not mean, like, telling Bill to hit the door. Not, like, not at all. If anything, it has, every, it has to do with telling literally everyone else besides Bill and the whole roster like it's like giving Bill a whole new shot at at finding his QB again. Yeah. Because again, as we've said, it comes down to having the QB. If I, I'm very, if I'm the, if I'm Kraft, I do believe if I get Bill another QB that he can actually build and win around, he will. Yeah. It's just Max in my as I'm looking at it again. It's but just Max to me, I. you need like you need like a Shanahan esque offensive coordinator. No more Bill O'Brien. No more Matt Patricia's. Someone that runs a modern offense. Like no, seriously though. I mean, shit aside, you can't just carry yourself with having one of the best like, defenses in the league anymore. Hunter Henry is your leading receiver. Hunter Henry is your leading receiver. Like this team is so fucking ancient. Like, because that's exact, bro. It's like when you when they had Tom, even when they had teams that were had they when they had subpar offenses and subpar yeah. defenses. Yeah, you got away with it. But it's like now, right? Yeah, they're not. They're never gonna have another Tom. But it's no. like it starts with finding another QB that is going to somewhat help hide the deficiencies of this team. Because that's it's just they aren't. They're just not they're, built to they're win. Not, but yeah, there's nothing special about the Patriots. And Christian Gonzalez looks nice, but he's going to be out they, for be, probably about a month. Let me be clear. They have a bunch of good pieces. That's the thing about the Patriots, too, is they're in that realm of like good pieces. Nothing but not any. You're not stacked at these super important like your trenches right, are not right. stacked. And so, therefore, it's like, and Max not the guy, and therefore, that's the recipe to not compete. Yeah. Do you have much to say on Dallas? I don't really know what else to say other than they obviously did not take lightly losing to the Cardinals. Yeah. So, my only point was like, yeah, they're back to hitting on all cylinders. And well, it's like we said, you know, that they, it happens. You're going to have a couple games you're usually where you're like, well, that was not us. As long as you bounce back, that's all that matters. And you don't want them to happen later in the year. It's better to get them out of the way early. And Deron Bland. That was literally my only other note. He's This man is a pick machine. Bro, two picks? And he had one six last six? year? He had five or six last year. Deron Bland. And so, yeah, he's an interception machine. Bro, yeah, that, that was the thing is like, if he can just snap, 
I wonder if it I wonder if it's like one of those things where like Diggs, you know how he jumped a bunch of routes last year? Um or the year before, maybe. They'll say the year before, yeah, but year I know what before. you mean. I mean, he obviously got better, but that was why he was getting all those turnovers. I wonder if he was like, you know, I'm just gonna start jumping routes. Like oh, that, there's not that's what he was doing me. for these two. Yeah. He I mean he had the pick underneath. six. Um yeah, really uh real feel bad for Ezekiel Elliott. Got, he had a watch get stomped by his former team that he should have just probably resigned with. Um probably. But yeah, man. I mean, yeah, the Cowboys, the are Cowboys spread it out. Like. They have so many weapons. That was my only other thing I want to say, too, is like they have just so many weapons that on a day where CeeDee Lamb goes for, what is that, 36 yards? Yeah. You can just dominate and put up a 35-point win. Yeah. Against a good defense. Yeah, rip the Patriots. A game that should have been the Patriots-Dallas score, Arizona at San Francisco. All right. Question I got for us on this one is, bro, are the Niners an NFC championship appearance lock? I mean, I feel like they kind of have to be um, the only teams I really see you competing with in the NFC um, and not saying that they're better, um, just teams that would actually play a game with you, Detroit, uh, Dallas, and then obviously Philadelphia. So out of those four teams, I think San Francisco is clearly the best roster, um, you know, I don't I don't see like if you asked me week one, week zero, even before a game was played, who an NFC lock would be, I probably would have pictured the 49ers playing exactly like they're playing. Like there was no like question with this team, really. No. Yeah. I mean, they're living up to everything we thought they would be. They're playing super efficient football. I mean, shit, Brock Purdy had one incompletion, 20 of 21, 283 yards, touchdown. CMC had four touchdowns. CMC is ridiculous. Yeah, CMC is ridiculous. I'm fucking Bra- sick. Brandon Ayuk is uh, one of the best receivers in the league. Full-blown superstar now. Yeah, he, he's he definitely stepped up. Oh, he's a full-blown superstar. I think I'll do a victory lap on this one. Because I said, you know, one of my takes coming into the year is like, is Brandon Ayuk, he's one of those guys we're going to start asking, like, is he is he better than Debo? Yeah, like, yeah. the question for sure is a valid question. So you have to pay him, though. That's the only problem. No, that is where things get interesting. And yeah, and and that just backs the Niners D line. I mean, just a ferocious unit, even on a day where they only had one sack. I mean, you know, they're getting pressure. They they're ferocious. They do their thing. Not much to say on them because they're a dominant unit and they have a bunch of pieces. And they are again. Yes, they are built to go the distance this year for certain over on the Cardinal side of things. Say, look, Josh Dobbs, you know, you got to respect Bro, it. I mean, he's playing is he doing? really good for the circumstances that he's under. And I have to give tons of credit where it's due. It's a very tough situation he stepped into. James Conner, you know, keep feeding him man the rock. Only 11 touches, uh, 4, 4.7 yards of carry. Uh, you know, he's been dominated this year when they actually give him the ball. The the running back the Steelers should have kept. Yeah, seriously. And then Michael Wilson, their third-round rookie from Stanford. Stud. Low-key uh, star already. He's kind of like um, trying to compare him to like, is, is he like, is he like first-year Terry McLaurin vibes? You know, I didn't really watch much of Terry. Your not, one, no, so it's I not won't. playing even similar, not even sense of like play style, but just like where they came on the scene out of nowhere, and you're like, oh yeah, like he's a star. But Terry McLaurin wasn't he pretty highly touted? It wasn't because of the OSU shit. That's, honestly, if I'm not mistaken, Terry was like, I think he was like a mid round. Oh, let me just double. Like I just want to. Maybe I'm capping. But I know. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he was like, like, like mid, like yeah, like mid round. Hold on, I'm either Hold gonna be on. really wrong. Yeah, third round. Oh shit! I'm capping then. Yeah, no. Um, Michael Wilson, yeah, third round. They're like the same. Yeah, I'm like, he's he's okay, this okay. year's Terry. I was going to say. 
is Michael Wilson the new Terry McLaurin? <laughs> That's the question. No, but no. What to to your point? The Cardinals. I mean, like we've said this every week. Like they have played like outstanding football for what they really should have been doing this year. And it's like playing teams like the 49ers, like they're not going to win. But the fact that they're even like competing and staying in the game talks a lot about the players and the coaching staff and even the organization of what they've done just this year. So shout out to the Cardinals. We know what the 49ers are. And uh, yeah, I don't really know if there's much to say. Josh Dobbs, like there's like these games are going to go exactly how you think they're going to go. And they'll still steal a few of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, pretty much. No. And they're still a bad team. But that's, you should be very encouraged if you're a Cardinals fan. Very you're one of the best, if not the best. I mean, imagine like, bad. you plug Kyler back into this offense. Like, yeah, exactly. It could be a lot better. No, absolutely. Um, Let's move into our last game because we it's Monday and the Monday game has happened yet. KC at New York Jets. All right, bro. For this one, let's start off with just the question is, you know, is the belief back for the Jets fans this season? Listen, personally, no. If I'm a Jets fan, after what I just went through, there's really no, it has to be. Zach Wilson probably just played the best game of his career against a Chiefs defense who is top 10. The refs cheated us. They did. They low-key cheated him. I mean, imagine if Zach Wilson beat the league darling Chiefs. And by us, I was going to say by us, I mean NFL faithful. Anybody who's not anybody who's just cares about the NFL because you should have wanted to see Zach Wilson upsetting Mahomes on primetime outplaying him. And it's also just like, what other team would you be able to say you saw him outplay Mahomes on primetime? Box score says Zach Wilson played better than the GOAT. He that's this game he did, but we got sold out by the refs. Yeah, the refs sold this one. I can't even lie. Oh man, because again, back to it. I, 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 if you haven't seen it, you need to see it. Essentially, though. The ref does not throw the flag. Like he, he's like he's tinkering on it. Like that's what makes yeah, but yeah. the way the NFL operates. You cannot be this way. The ref, he's saying he's like, nope. If it's a big play, I'll throw the flag. But if not, we're just gonna let it ride. But then right when he sees this, the interception, talking about Sauce Gardner play the holding, throws the flag. This the league cannot be. It it, it is clearly like narrative based. It, it, yeah. the, the refing cannot be narrative based. The no. refing has got to just be black and white. There can be no hesitation. But you can see that's the way things are. You can watch refs. It's very like. They're thinking whether they want to or not. I wish it was just like, that's a flag. Clear as day, like that's either it or it's not. It's never been that way. Well, probably will never be that way. But this was one of those games where, you you know, you just go back and you remind yourself, refing in this league is garbage. There's really oh, nothing it, more you can say about it than that. I mean, yeah, I've harped on it in the past. It's not even worth harping on. It's garbage. And it probably will always be under Goodell's uh, supervision. It's not good. Um, I like the way Zach Wilson was throwing the ball. But also, I think it could have helped them if, they ran the ball a little bit more like this Brees Hall, like under 10 carries thing is just, I get it. The O line is not good, but like Brees Hall is a top talent, like to give him the ball six times. And like, That's he caught it three thing, bro. It's, it's brutal, man. And like you bring in uh, Dalvin cook and you give him five carries. It's like, I just don't, I don't get their run, their running offense at all. Um, I know their offensive line is horrible, but it's like you have Zach Wilson playing quarterback. Like you need to you give gotta, him, you have to help him out. You got to like, make him respect it. So you can call play action and stuff. You at least have to make him th- believe you're going to attempt it. A hundred percent. I mean, also another thing too, with like the chiefs receiving core is like, man, do they lean on Kelsey? And we've known this, but it's just like, 
you would have really hoped these receivers would have started to pick it up a little bit, and they just have not. Yeah, no. There's this, not been like really any jumps made. They're the same receivers they were last year. I could see something where it's like along the lines of like maybe not this year, but next year that they trade for a receiver. And it'll make the rest of the league sick because they show you they can still win games. Yeah. Against good teams even without this receiving core. T. Higgins, you're a chief. Wow. Fuck that. That yeah, that'd be I don't, wild. I don't like that. Mike Evans would be cool though. That would be crazy. Um Yeah, I mean, like, honestly, props to the Jets for the way they stuck in this game. They honestly could have won this game. Um so yeah, I think this gives does give like Jets fans a little bit more hope that the season might not be totally lost. I mean, like we were saying with Justin earlier, like we cannot bank like their past record just off this game. Like it's changing, but um, I mean, you saw something you've never seen from Zach in an NFL game before. That's like, I wonder what was different this week. See, that's my thing is, bro. Like I couldn't even answer the question because honestly, I, it's like, I need to see more. If I yeah. was, if I was, if I was the Jets fan and I was going to be excited, I would need to see this for at least two more weeks. Let's say that you see something similar to this for two weeks in a row, though. I'd say it's time to like really start getting excited because then, oh, that's a beautiful case scenario where he's just budding. And then when A-Rod comes back, yeah. you give him a little more time. to. Just, oh, that's perfect. Oh, you're you're golden. But is that is that is that situation? Certainly not yet. We This is one of the time to marinate. I'd say objectively, the only things I can actually take away from the game is, yeah, Zach played a great game. Pacheco balled out for the Chiefs. He's definitely getting the game ball. Pacheco is the reason the Chiefs won, I would say. He runs. He hates the ground. I know everybody says that. It's hilarious. Oh, it's hilarious, bro. He literally runs the ball. Hilarious. You love it. He's like an angry video game character, bro. It's, he's like Waluigi running or like Wario <laughs> running the ball. He's just hilarious. He's just shouts Pacheco, man. You love it. But yeah, most of the uncharacteristic plays. But again, it just goes to like the whole thing with how some teams were like the Cowboys last week. This was just like Mahomes' Cowboys week. You know, like you're going to have uncharacteristic days. Yeah. Certain shit will be going on in your head certain days. This was Josh Allen week one type football. Yeah, exactly. Like certain things you're worried about certain weeks that you wouldn't be with your personal life or whatever else that nobody ever considers, but they're humans too. Yeah. You know, who knows why this was, it was what it was, but he had an uncharacteristic week. Well, that was, that was a mess. <laughs> he had an uncharacteristic week. He will move on. And uh, last note on this game was just Quincy Williams absolutely balled out. He's having a great year too. Jets linebacker. He's balling yeah, out. Yeah. Him, him and um, CJ Mosley had a great game, but his specifically hasn't been enough. I don't think enough. Uh, love. You know, love. So I'm going to give him some love. here. Yeah, it was funny because uh, that I didn't I didn't think they were going to pay him at first. And then Quinn and Williams was probably like, OK, you're going to pay my brother. No, that is hilarious. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that's been you don't know ball 53. Thank you for watching. Um, subscribe, leave a comment. Thank you guys for tuning in. We appreciate you watching. We'll be back next week. Um, tonight, Seattle is going to blow out the Giants. Actually, I kind of want the Giants to win just so the Bears like secure the tank a little bit more. I need these one win teams to get an extra win. Yeah, I, I know. I think you're definitely spot on about that. I was gonna, that's what I was just going to say for you guys. You might yeah, you might be wanting the Giants to pull up. Yeah, Giants money line just to make it believe a little bit more. But <laughs> all right. Thank you guys for watching. Thanks so much for watching. If you enjoyed, drop a like, drop a sub. We appreciate you. Come back around. You have a great rest of your night.